0: A reading from Exodus chapter 1, 8 to 14. Now a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. He said to his people, look, the Israelite people are more numerous and more powerful than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, or they will increase and, in the event of war, join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to oppress them with forced labor. They built supply cities, Pitom and Ramses, for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread, so that the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. The Egyptians subjected the Israelites to hard servitude and made their lives bitter with hard servitude in mortar and bricks and in every kind of field labor. They were ruthless in all the tasks that they imposed on them. Our second reading is from Romans 12one 1-8. I appeal to you therefore, brothers and sisters, on the basis of God's mercy, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members and not all the members have the same function, So we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the encourager in encouragement, the giver in sincerity, the leader in diligence the compassionate in cheerfulness
1: the author Isaac dinnerson wrote a short story about uh, set a hundred years before she lived she lived in in the mid 20th century but something set in the 19th century and uh, the story is called Babette's feast you may have seen it it was a film quite a popular film 20 or 30 years ago and the story is about uh, A woman in France who has to leave France, and takes up employment as a maid to two fairly austere sisters in Norway. And the sisters are the daughters of a fairly austere pastor of a church there. And they live in a village which is cheerless, where not only the weather, but the people appear to be cold and distant and she acts as their maid. One day she learns that someone has left her a small amount of money and she doesn't know what to do about it. So she thinks very carefully and she decides she will offer the people of her village a feast. And being French and schooled in the culinary arts, she prepares all sorts of good foods and drink for them to enjoy. And she sets up in the, at the square a table for people to come and sit around and invites anyone who wants to come to eat and drink. And they come slowly at first, unsure of what to do, attracted by the fact that the food is free. And they sit around the table and they gradually eat into the various courses of the meal and as they're eating so the atmosphere warms they smile they look at each other people who haven't spoken for ages begin a conversation and ask how each other is by the end of the meal it's all quite jovial and friendly and people are really glad they came it is a moment of transformation for that village, although you have to go and read the story to see whether it continues. As far as we are know, the Apostle Paul did not have a hand in forming the Christian church in Rome, unlike others in Asia Minor, but he knew of his existence and they knew of him. They were connected on the Christian grapevine. So when he writes this letter to them, it is, unlike some of the others in the New Testament, not written to a congregation where he knows there's a problem or an opportunity, but it's like a letter of introduction, where he's able to set out some of the basic things he sees about the Christian faith, about God, about Christ, and about the way of conducting oneself. And here he chooses to focus in and recall the transformation that these people had felt when they had first gathered together when they had gathered together as a christian community the transformation that jesus has made among them indeed if you understand the greek the transformation that hasn't happened once but is used of a continuing process of change and development He earths this in the way in which they are a community together. How they make it happen to be the people of God where they are. And this is the section in which he explores it. When he sets out all these good things I wonder whether you ever ask yourself is Paul expecting that to happen? If he went to Rome when he went to Rome it's all going to be wonderful or is it an anticipation that if they get things right this is what it looks like but he really knows through his own experience that it doesn't always work well even when you know what you should be doing as Christians indeed if the church had been perfect in the early years we would not have most of the New Testament Paul is aware of how Christians have found both excitement and joy and a sense of belonging together just as he's seen them stumble over words and people and actions. But as they have done so, as they have engaged with one another as Christian people, so they have found themselves going deeper and deeper into God and learning more and more about one another. It is, as he will say the work of the spirit among them making jesus real the reformer martin luther once wrote that to be a christian is to be in the making there is no end to the process there is always more of god to discover more of ourselves to explore and paul brings as he does elsewhere this image for the community together as being a body. A body that collaborates, that works together, that lives together, that worships together. It is a very human image. A body is one that laughs and cries, gets hungry and needs help, knows disappointment and grows and grows. This community is like a body, a human body. Let me ask you this what do you think is more profound, sin or grace? It's a question that is written through the pages of the New Testament. Are people predisposed to fail or is the newness and renewal stronger than their frailties upon these the answer of these lies the theology of the church are we to be optimists or pessimists are we to be looking to be condemned or looking to be brought up into God's presence But we as Paul realise that the church is not one or the other, that the Christian community is both. It understands what it is to be fulfilled and satisfied and it knows what it is to fail at the same time. And we see from the very beginning how the followers of Jesus are capable of great insights and actions and incredible short-sightedness and failures we are paused, be poised between radical truth and radical hope caught between what is and what can be to hear that when things do go badly and they do go badly in the christian communities the words that you are more than this and when things go well and they do go well to hear the words you are becoming who you are Paul reminds his readers, of course, that this is all earthed in Jesus. Jesus is the source and the inspiration. This is the message of the Gospels. Here is the Jesus whom you are to follow. Jesus who is confident with all sorts of people and situations. The disciples, when they are dense and when they are fearful, as well as when the penny drops. The audience who are curious to come and hear the latest star turn speak the religious leaders who are never quite sure what to make of Jesus the women who are encouraged the children who are valued those who are sick no longer find themselves on the edge of society and the outsiders are welcomed on the inside this is the Jesus we find in the Gospels who welcomes and offers encouragement And support and healing and challenge no wonder people were encouraged to find new ways of seeing God God for them and not for just the few and in Jesus we see one who carries the weight of selfish frightened angry and unjust people to the cross and beyond who confronts death with shining hope and resurrection. Here is God for you. Here is the transforming power that can shape your lives. So Paul writes, and we hear his words echoing down the years, build authentic communities which are genuine representations of Jesus. Community of course means different things to different people and I guess if we were take uh, views now you would have different ways of explaining what you think is important about community what you have to give and to offer and what you receive Paul writes to these Christians at Rome and says you are all different but you are together he puts in a list a list which is inevitably incomplete of what it can be to be part of making that community work he points to the complexity of people who give themselves to one another in good and ill times the diversity and the variety to build up a community that represents Jesus in their midst he would know as we understand there will be temptations to revert to self-seeking, to a defensiveness, to negativity that holds people at bay, not to accept those who are not like us. But he knows that that community must be worked at. It is not an automatic thing. There is energy and forgiveness and time and learning involved. One might say, this community that he points out with its many, many different aspects will offer the opportunity for voices to be heard, no matter how loudly they speak. Give the right to be valued in the variety and difference that they hold within that community. We'll see their needs, which will differ, adequately considered by the fellowship and each will understand that they have something to give and to receive no matter what it is, how important or how small but these are the hallmarks of Christian community our Old Testament reading took us to a very different situation here are the people of Israel as the Genesis has described it who have arrived in Egypt as migrants as those seeking support and succor in difficult times the tribes have gone together and made the best of things they can relying upon Joseph but Joseph is not around forever so as we begin Exodus the temperature changes and the people are frozen out. The writer of Exodus, however many years we're putting down the stories, is not involved in the niceties of history, wanting to know which pharaoh it was, which king it was. So there is no name. But that is important, there is no name. The author, Miloš Kundera, who died recently wrote, The struggle of people against power is a struggle of memory against forgetting Hmm. the Egyptians forget Joseph the Israelites have not and as the writer reminds them of what has been and as those who read it centuries later understand that God will support the people even in the most difficult of times as power whoever wields it tends to oppress those who do not have the power that life is not always set up for the benefit of everyone to share and that those who have influence often do their best to hold on to it so we might see this king this this leader of a superpower in the region full of wealth and authority and armies, and yet anxious with this smaller group of people who are outsiders. And so he makes them scapegoats. They are vulnerable, they are identifiable, they are foreigners, that he can turn his people against them and blame their woes upon them. There is in him no desire to build the common good, to include, to create community that reaches across peoples, people groups and languages. He wants to hold on to what he's got. We applaud the efforts, great and small, to build bridges, to reconcile people who are at odds, to create trust between those who have a poor history to support the vulnerable wherever this happens we might see it in one way uh, in Greenbelt which is being held this weekend we might see it in the Notting Hill Carnival we might see it with our neighbors certainly we would see it as we've been reminded with Martin Luther King jr's speech of 60 years ago I have a dream which still has the power to send the hairs on our back of our necks tingling. But for all this and for all the good efforts and the goodness around the world, we do not have to look far in the current headlines to see where the scapegoats are held responsible. There is talk of culture wars that divide people, make them opt for us or them driving a wedge between communities that fractures a society and a world society which emphasises what divides and not what unites. Who is to blame for the problems, not that these problems are shared? And of course the structures that people create both reflect the capacity for compassion or anxiety and control. It is the Quaker words that have it that the Christian should be prepared to speak truth to power and that is one of the role of the people of Christ but the church has not been immune the church has stood on the side of the rich and powerful against the poor and vulnerable the church has been often unable to cope with dissent in its ranks or to welcome difference The church has been able by word and action to create disabling theologies that have shut some people out and demonized others. And yet there has always been the hope of a transforming power that Jesus can bring changes and new ways of understanding, and new ways of acting and old ways to be forgiven in a new hope that is God. transformation perhaps sounds as if it's something dramatic and exceptional and sometimes it is sometimes as one author said it's life half of life is just about turning up it's ordinary and it's commonplace we should never underestimate the influence of committed unobtrusive discipleship with our neighbors and our friends and with the communities in which we engage Ruth Rice is a Baptist minister uh, who did something ordinary but special and uh, I will read from her words rather than my own our church in nottingham we set up renew 37 a cafe style space where all are welcome by name not label where all attend to well-being there is a room with hobbies and activities suggested by all who attend and a quiet room attached where you can be just still and quiet yet with company nearby at intervals across the session we pause and invite anyone to join us as we pray our rhythms of prayer. A psalm, a Lord's Prayer, a reflection on the day, no pressure, just an invitation to share in learning what well-being looks like. One church, one ordinary example, not something necessary to be copied wherever but to be learned from that it is possible for each community to offer something for the welfare of others sometimes we overlook the commonplace wonders in Christian community of caring and sharing and praying being there for each other learning from one another and being Christ's people in the world so Paul's words to this church at Rome echo down the centuries to commit Christians to create communities that reflect the grace and renewal of Christ the transforming energy and patience of Jesus who is it in our community who needs to be assured of a welcome and acceptance who is it who needs to find a listening ear and a community that will include them who is it to find a place where people can flourish and contribute and be valued or just simply find refuge and a place to sit? Churches should be known as places that are healthy, giving and life affirming. And this will require honesty of each to find out where our own failings are and where our limitations are fixed, knowing that that reality, our life, our community can be shot through by the hope and knowledge that God is at work within us, God is transforming us, God will go on, breaking new news, new good news, new hope and truth out of our life together. So we have looked around God and we have seen this congregation met today. With our joys and our anxieties, with our differing life situations and needs. We lift each one before you. That in our meeting together, something will have been heard or understood. Something will have been gained or something will have been laid down in rest. There will be something that has been renewed and something that has been found for the first time. You have spoken through the conversations, through the words, through the music, through the quiet. You have been here with us. And so we bring our brothers and sisters to you in our prayers. In our imaginations, take a couple of steps outside the front doors and look around. For this is the community in which this church is set. We pray for our community. For those who will be passing by on a bank holiday, perhaps going to festival, perhaps taking children to museums, coming to enjoy themselves. We pray for those who will be here on Tuesday at work, We pray for those who will be living around here, with friends and relatives. We pray for people who live in this city, with great opportunities and pressures, with the challenges of living from day to day with financial and income difficulties, and the hopes they have for a good future. Rising above our community, we look down upon our nation in its many and varied expressions. We pray with thanksgiving for those who in the last couple of weeks will have received their exam results and a new future opens before them of education or employment just as we remember those who have not achieved what they had intended and must reset We pray for those involved in the education system for teachers as well as students, for ancillary staff and all who seek to bring wisdom and knowledge and maturity into the lives of others. We pray for those who frame our legislation, who seek to create confidence in us for the future, who look for support for their party and for their programme. And we pray that our politicians will have a broad vision for the welfare of all, that they will seek to bring contentment and inspiration to those to whom they speak, and that they will not simply be motivated by party desire or personal politics. So we rise yet higher to see the world spread out before us. A world of such great joy and beauty and yet capable of such cruelty and need. We think of those who appear so often in our media suffering from the effects of violence and warfare. For those who are not free to speak or to live as they would like For those who do not know where the next harvest is coming from or who are fearful that the impact of climate change will sweep away their communities and we pray for those in our world who seek to build bridges and not walls we, seek for the, we pray for those who seek to bring people together in their differences We pray for those who seek to bring peace where there is mistrust and violence even when it costs. And We pray for those who look for a vision for the world in which all can prosper and share. So we bring you God Our community here, our local neighborhood, our nation and our nation set among the nations of the world. For we believe that your care extends to all, your love is offered and your transformation is at hand. For we pray through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Enjoy as God's people share in fellowship and communion, be the people that God would have you be each and every day so that the love of Christ will be made real in the lives of people around us and in the life of the world. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us this day and forevermore.